Welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. It is, as always, sponsored by our friends at MGM National Harbor. Visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork alongside George Wallace and Dave Preston, as per usual. And uh, look, I'm just going to get right into it on this post-regular season press conference from uh, Ron Rivera and uh, Martin Mayhew. Uh, doesn't sit well with me, guys. Doesn't sit well with me at all. My reasons are twofold. Uh, number one, it doesn't seem like they have any real accountability for the process that landed them uh, on Carson Wentz as their quarterback. They acted like something happened to them that they couldn't control, and that's why the season didn't go as planned. And sidebar, we've said it many times here, uh, Ron Rivera is the one who put the high level of expectation on this particular season. If you have a process that lands you with Carson Wentz, your process sucks. They didn't have to say it outright exactly like that, but they needed to say something to that effect. Also, the archaic philosophy for this offense. Ron Rivera, the way he said it, (laughs) basically wants to run a 1985 offense in 2023. So it was during that little uh, exchange where he talked about having a run-first offense and all of that, and then the question came back to him, okay, well, is that because of your personnel or is that because of your philosophy? He said it's his philosophy. So in that moment, that's where I said, they're not going to win anything as long as Ron Rivera is the head coach of this team. George Wallace, you had a front-row seat for all of that mess. What did you think? We heard you ask a question. Same thing. I've asked questions before. They just never get played on the radio. That's good. Uh, Same thing. The lack of accountability is just really something with this group. Just tell me you effed up. You messed up on Carson Wentz. Just tell It's okay. It's fine. And we're past the point where there's any downside to that. You can't say that during the season because you guys are still trying to finish out the string. The season's over now. Anybody with a pulse knows you're not bringing him back. So right. there's no downside whatsoever to saying we made this move, Look, we messed up. It didn't work. But don't tell me that the process was great. It was unforeseen. You knew right. what was foreseen. I mean, you've seen this before. Right. If he didn't get hurt in that Bears game, you were going to have to make a change, most likely. Right. Anyway, and now you knew that going in. So the problem, it, one of the problems is Rivera went all in on year three. He went all in and said, I'm the, you know, the effing guy who did this in Indianapolis. And I took out the papers, this, 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 this. So we know why he put him back in against the Browns. That was obvious because he's stubborn and wanted to make sure that everybody knew that this was his guy. Fine. The only thing that they've ever admitted to the William Jackson signing and they traded him fine. You admitted to it, but this just admit to it. And it was a mistake. And now they're, well, we're not, we, we could still go get a veteran quarterback. And with the, the run first thing, the two to one ratio to run to pass, you're contradicting yourself with the offense you're trying to run. Then you don't get a pocket passer if you want to run this kind of offense and things like that. So look, these press conferences at the end of the year, they're always like this. Martin Mayhew's gotten really good. He's a king at saying about the process we're going to evaluate. He's really good at it. Very soft-spoken. Didn't give us anything. Ron, we deal nothing. with we deal, Ron, you know, three times a week all, all year. So you know what you're getting there. But some of the things that came out of this uh, just it just blows me away that it just that this is where we are going into year four. And then the other thing, probably the best one, is you don't judge on wins and losses to show progress. Well, our good friend Tom Lavero broke out a quote from training camp when he said, I'm going to be judged that on that, and that's what I should be judged on wins and losses. Then today he says you don't have you don't judge on wins and losses to show progress. 
Well, some of that is true. Players can make progress throughout the year. That is 100% accurate. But this is year three. Where you go, seven, eight, eight wins? You, you can't. What is anybody going to be excited about going forward? And what gives you any sort of confidence that this regime is going to be able to take that next step? And exactly. And, the, and look, here's the thing. It just feels like we're stuck with him right now because of the you ownership are. situation. Right. Snyder's not going to blow him out because he's probably the one getting blown out at some point here in the next couple of months. And a new owner isn't going to want to be saddled with that decision. And the thing and it's gonna be too late. It's gonna be too late to have right, to, right, yeah. right. By March is too late. So you 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 have him in 2023. That's what's yeah. going to happen for better or worse. But the thing, Dave Preston, that kept sticking in my mind, basically the reason why Washington is where they are is because the rest of the league is out here looking for the next Patrick Mahomes. And it feels like Ron Rivera is out here looking for the next Brad Johnson. This is not 2002. You can't take Ryan Fitzpatrick and game manager way to a Super Bowl. There's a ton of disconnect here, a gentleman, from this being 2023 now. Tom Brady averaged, I think, over 30 completions this past season, uh, setting an NFL record. It was very close to 30 completions. Back in the day, guys on on passing teams even averaged 30 attempts. So it's, you know, if you want to go to the 1985 Ron Rivera model of ball control, yes, teams are running the football nowadays. Yes, there's RPO. Yes, you have thousand yard rushers, but you have to have a passing game. This is a quarterback league. And I think Washington has a great opportunity with the weapons they have in place. They need a tight end, but with the receiving core, you need a quarterback. You need to have a pass-first attacking mentality. And if the philosophy of Ron Rivera is to run the ball two-to-one ratio, the good old days of three uh, yards and a cloud of dust or a clump of AstroTurf, that's not a winning formula in 2023. That's disturbing right there. And, and actually, uh, Dave, I have a uh, I have a stat for you to back up that point that you're making, uh, because as soon as he was saying that, I looked up what are the top five rushing teams in the NFL? You know, who led the league in rushing this past season, the Chicago oh. Bears. OK, yeah, I thought it might be Carolina or somebody like Falcons. that. Who's... And they are on the clock mm. with the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, some of that is a little misleading right. because they had a thousand yard rusher at quarterback. And that does kind of feed into the 2023 way of doing things. But the Atlanta Falcons were third. So right. when it comes to running the football, football is about, you know, there are principles in football. Right. And so the principle is you control the ball, you control the clock. That is your path. You play good defense. That's your path to victory. The way that that has happened over the course of NFL history has changed. It used to be, yeah, run it three times in a row. And uh, if if you're getting four yards of carry, you're going to get a first down every time you don't ever have to pass. And then in the 80s, you started to see with the West Coast offense that became now the short passing game. You were still controlling the clock, but you weren't doing this ground and pound sort of right. style of offense. Raiders and Steelers right. of that era. Now it's it's very much, it's very pass oriented. So yeah, having Brian Robinson's great, but being this great rushing team isn't the path to victory anymore. By the way, out of the top 10 passing offenses, if we're doing it based on passer rating, right? Uh, eight of the top 10 passing teams are in the playoffs in the top two, the Chiefs in 49ers, are teams that I think you could objectively say would be uh, anybody's uh, shortlist for Super Bowl champion. And I think you know what, what we're what he what Ron is saying, what we're you know stewing about is the fact that 
he he wants to use the run to set up the pass. Right. And that is long gone. You know, teams yeah, started yeah, using yeah. the pass to set up the run. Now teams use the pass to set up the pass. That's the kind of world that we live in. And it reminds me in a way of some of the greats of the game, Al Davis, even Chuck Knoll to a degree where these guys were 10, maybe 20 years ahead of the game when they were at the peak of their powers. If you look at what the Raiders were doing in the 60s and 70s, easily 10, 15, maybe 20 years ahead of the NFL. When you look at what the Raiders were doing in 2005, easily 10, 20 years behind the NFL. And it's nice to have a physical brand. Um, you, you think of the New York Giants over the years. They had a you know, big blue physical brand. They could pound the ball when needed to, but you need a quarterback. You need a good passing game. You need somebody who can make those throws and you need a commitment to that as opposed to run, run, pass, punt. Well, and here's the other thing. If you want to do that, why'd you get rid of Eric Flowers and Brandon Sheriff then? Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. And that's the thing. And you could have brought them back if you did not make the Carson Wentz move. So look, Carson Wentz as a person, everybody's been uh, uh, recounting. We did a story on our air about how he gave his suite to uh, Howell's family so that they could see his first start. Nobody has a problem with Carson Wentz, the person. Carson Wentz, the player, based on the situation, third team in three years. The book on his career was, if he's not hurt, he's not playing well. We saw both of those things play out here. You made that bet with two quality draft picks and $28 million in cap space. That is what derailed your season. Whatever Carson Wentz is as a player, the circumstances around acquiring him is what uh, derailed your season. And there is no downside to you admitting that in that press conference. Hold on. Hold on. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm getting a headache here. So (laughs) they, they, they paid this guy enough that he was able to rent a suite out for yeah. the entire season, all, the, all, all 10 games. Yeah. They, they, they paid this guy for the production they got on the field from him offensively. They paid him enough that this was like, you know, oh, yeah, it's like a parking pass. And if him. I'm the NFL, so. I'm asking for that receipt because if that was a perk of the job, that should count on the salary cap too. True. Um, <laughs> so with that in mind, I mean, then w- w- that this has to change right. the way we view – how they address the quarterback position going into 2023, doesn't it? Because I think they're lame duckish. I, I think with the no, ownership exactly. uh, sale in limbo, they're the options are you draft somebody in the first round, and then all of a sudden that's the guy. In theory, that might buy Ron Rivera another year if this were a normal world. But if a new owner comes in, he might blow him out. I, I could easily see them ride uh, with uh, you know Sam Howell next year, maybe bring in another veteran or something along and, those and, lines and, if Taylor... And that's the thing. I don't think yeah. we discussed Derek Carr last week. Let's say they bring Derek Carr in. Okay, well, Derek Carr has ties to this coaching staff. So right. then you sign him to a lucrative deal for two, three years. Now, whoever the coach is in 2024 is stuck with this guy. And you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and I know Ron Rivera is not going to make any decisions based on that knowledge. But I mean, if you're the Washington organization, you don't know what's going to happen with ownership. Do you really want to throw uh, big money at one of these uh, free agent guys, especially after Sam Howell just showed you some flashes in that win over Dallas, George? Correct. And here's the other thing, guys. If Starts with the Sky Turner situation, the offensive coordinator, yeah. not a ringing endorsement today. His quote was, uh, he did his job. Okay, well, that's, that's <laughs> that tells me. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't tell me much. But 
Here's the other thing. You blow him out and it goes along with free agents. Who's going to want to come here right now? Yeah. If you're an up and coming OC, you're not going to hit your wagon to Ron Rivera next year in this staff, knowing that a new ownership's coming in and there's no quarterback and staying with free agents this off season. Are you, are you going to want to come here with such uncertainty? I mean, yeah. so this is so much up in the air and you know, with the quarterback, they're not going to draft the quarterback at 16. So mm-hmm. you may have to bring in somebody like a Jacoby Brissett or some mm-hmm. of the lower tier free agents to a one year deal and see, but you know, we saw with the previous two coaching regimes, Jay Gruden comes in, he has, has uh, told to fix Robert Griffin, the third can't stand him. Ben Warren work with him. <laughs> Didn't want to draft Dwayne Haskins. They do. He gets blown out. Ron Rivera has to come in and, and try and fix Dwayne Haskins. So if they do it again next year and you get a draft quarterback, let's say, and then the new coaching staff comes in and regime, they, you're doing this whole dance all over again. So I don't know what the right solution is next year for quarterback other than the Taylor Heineke thing. Look, let's go off for a second on Taylor Heineke. I don't know if you can bring Taylor back. He's a celebrity now in this town. The second that Sam Howell or somebody else throws an interception, right. they're chanting Heineke at FedEx Field like they did when Carson threw his first pick, his second pick of the game, two weeks ago against the Browns. So does that say that Sam Howell is going to be looking over his shoulder if it's Taylor Heineke behind him? I don't know, but I don't know if you need that or want that distraction. He's going to go make $7, 8000000 million somewhere as a backup quarterback. I'd see what you have in Sam Howe. Let him go and fix the offensive line, address some other things, and maybe try and actually develop him. The problem with that is I don't trust this staff to do that and develop a quarterback going forward. So there's just so much unknown right now heading into next year. Because here's the problem. This roster's not that far off, okay? It's not. You have a quarterback. It's much better than one would think it would be. 100%. Offensive line needs to be addressed, yes. And the quarterback situation. Those are two big things, yes. But defense took huge strides this year. No reason to think they're not going to come back. And you cannot lose Deron Payne. I don't care what you do. You can't do it. And on offense, let Sam Howell go to work. You have wide receiver weapons. You have running back. Fix the offensive line and see what happens. I just don't trust them to do that. And then I think that sort of also begs the other question. Is Scott Turner being held back by Ron Rivera wanting to run this sort of archaic offense? I don't understand how you can make any move other than just let's – Hal showed us a little something here. Let's give him a full season to see if he's the guy. And if he's not the guy, then, I mean, we're not going to be here to make the next pick anyway. And that's always been the problem with Washington during the Snyder era is they don't bottom out. They always – find a way to win five or six games and keep themselves out of the sort of on the periphery of where you can typically get one of those franchise quarterbacks. You need to hit rock bottom in order to have somewhere to kick and push yourself back up to the top. And they consistently fail to do that. Which is exactly what I said on this very here program a few (laughs) times in the middle of the year, go look at it, bring it up. So they're going to do just enough to just finish right there in the middle and then be in the middle of the pack of the draft. And you're not, and you're going to say, "Oh, this is we're close. Let's run it back." Yeah, even Stevens, and, and that's a, and that's a dangerous thing Stevens. because when you do, let's that, tie some more stay, games. That, let's that's, tie. That's how you become the Wizards because yeah. then you're in the play-in tournament every year. You're a six seed at best, and all yeah. of that, and that's where they've been for the better part of forty years. That's what mediocrity. That's what Washington is doing right now, and hopefully, new ownership will uh, will change that. Uh, Dave, did you have a take on the uh, on the quarterback? I just think that uh, they should roll with Sam Howell uh, yeah. you know, because you, you, you know what Taylor Heineke's limitations are. 
Uh, we know that Carson Wentz has maybe a 1% chance of coming back, if that. And if so, it's because he can't get out of his sweet uh, deal and he's got to he's gotta come to see games anyways with his family. He might be done, right? Where's he going to want to go to be, right? I, no, think, I, I, I think he tries to find a spot somewhere as a backup. Uh, like it, similar to uh, RG3's last year or two where he was in Baltimore and really had no shot of getting the job but was just there. I yeah. think that is the future for Carson Wentz. He'd be a great and, backup to Mahomes in Kansas City because uh, whatever it is with Andy Reid, whatever magic touch he has with quarterbacks, he has a tendency to take yeah. these guys who we thought were busts and be able to put them in his system and ends up uh, making them into uh, borderline star players. Do you agree with me on the Taylor Heineke? No, I think no? He, he he cannot be on this roster. Absolutely okay. not. And right. I think they might try again, to bring him back just because that's what they do. Yeah, it is what they do. But here's the thing. He's one of those guys who I think has more value in this system with this staff than uh-huh. he does outside. If he outside. was in, let's say, Cleveland. I I don't know that he's going to have the same mojo that he does playing in this system and playing with these guys. I agree. But that can't be Washington's problem. That's a Taylor Heineke problem. Washington needs to get a guy who's going to be a good mentor to uh, Sam Howell. And I I think you brought up a good name with Jacoby Brissett. I think that's Mm -hmm. a, that's a solid signing right there. A guy who, if you do have to put him in the game, he plays well enough for you to win games, especially when you're running a 1985 offense, like Rivera wants to. And uh, and I think another guy. I mean, he Tyron, brought up and, Walter Payton. Like, okay, fine. And then John Riggins was great too. But he, I mean, we're not doing that. No. Right, right. That's not that's not what the NFL is anymore. And I think another name that we could throw in there. I'll and he does right have back. some uh, local ties. Is Tyrod Taylor, the uh, Virginia yeah. Tech uh, alum. He's quietly had a really solid career, and, and he, he's a guy who you know, if he's your 16 or 17 game starter now. I don't think you're super comfortable with that, but if he's your backup, if he's holding the clipboard, if he has to make two or three starts for you in a season, I think you could do a hell of a lot worse than that. And I think he'd be an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. We know what his ceiling is, and we know that he has a low, a high floor, low ceiling. We know what the best of him is, and it's a 5-3-1 and one finish after a 5-1 and one start. Once... You know, as we've talked the last couple of weeks, eventually that luck is going to run out. We, th- I thought it would happen against Atlanta. It wound up happening, uh, you know, the next week and then the week after. So I, I think they go with Sam Howell, bring in a mentor. Brissett would be a good uh, piece to fit in, depending on you know if they can get a you know deal worked out with him. But uh, they they need to have a veteran in place to work with him. And the way the NFL teams go now, that third quarterback is going to be an undrafted free agent next year. Yeah. In the offseason, it's going to be a new guy who is we're going to see in the second half of the third preseason game. And then maybe in week 17, if things go awry during the season, which things have recently. <laughs> so we could very well see him again. Yeah, there you go. But we're we're in agreement, though. We're not going to see them draft a quarterback. I don't so. think so. Stranger things have happened. But I think if now, you would have to trade up. And here's the yes. thing. And, and they were talking about this on ESPN throughout today. The uh, Chicago Bears already have a quarterback. They've right. got Justin Fields. And uh, there's one school of thought. Maybe you trade Justin Fields if you can get yourself another first round pick and uh, maybe additional uh, picks for him because he right. has shown enough that he could be a franchise guy. I don't agree with that. I think you deal with the burden hand. You have a guy that you know is dynamic, then you need to roll with that guy instead of taking that. You're you're taking cash to go get a a lottery uh, pick. So, Unless uh, you know you've got Josh Rosen. 
well, and have a chance well, and, and have a well, chance right. to upgrade. And that's the thing. It's like know? I don't think they have Josh Rosen. No. I think they, they, they they've got a much that. better player, but, much better player. But otherwise, I mean, the more likely scenario is, hey, we already have a franchise quarterback. Somebody's going to want to move up to get a franchise quarterback. Right. Let's get the Hall of Picks to do that. If you're Washington, do you do that? I don't think so. Bryce Young, I don't. He, I, I, I just, I don't. He is. He's undersized. He's dynamic, but he is undersized. And you look at uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, he's dynamic, but undersized. Yeah. And he's been in the concussion protocol all season. And yeah. it became, you know, they say that the best ability is availability. Yep. And you need a guy who's going to stand up and be healthy. And unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be that guy. I don't have my finger on who the top pro prospect quarterback is of this draft at this yeah. time. Yeah. It's still pretty but yeah, I think Sam Howell would have been, if things had gone right, a number one pick last year. So I think they've got a guy who had enough reps at the uh, FBS level, yep. a guy who has enough experience, enough moxie, enough savvy, who evidently knows the system better than the coaches may have thought. So <laughs> exactly. even though they didn't do much, and even though to be they didn't convert a third down in the second half, so it wasn't as though he had the best game ever. He had that first touchdown pass. Yeah, he had a touchdown run, but there were mistakes. But even though it might not be awesome, it's different than the closed door that we know that is Carson Wentz. And it's better than the limitation of a future that is uh, Taylor Heineke. So it's door number three. It's not ideal. But the way that this chess game has set up for the Ron Rivera regime, it's the only move on the board that I think you can make. Just like the move on the board that you needed to make was to play Carson Wentz one more time before this year was out to basically mean, okay, he is not coming back. As opposed to if he hadn't have played, I think Ron Rivera would have said, well, Carson, he got hurt. Who knows what would have happened? Right. You know, instead, he played against Cleveland. We know what would have happened. <laughs> and and here's my thing. I think if they would have played Howell in that game, I think they would have won the, the Cleveland game. And okay. I, I know that that's I, not an apples yeah. to apples comparison. And, uh, you know, maybe the game plan changes and right. the way things play out. But just by virtue of taking care of the football, mm-hmm. And I know that uh, he did have that bad uh, end zone interception in the Dallas game. But I think just by virtue of protecting the football and not throwing those, you know, effort balls that yeah. he was throwing in that in that Browns game, I think they would have been able to pull out that win. Uh, I don't think they would have necessarily uh, won the game, but I think they would have looked much better been, offensively. It would have been competitive. I think they would have been, yeah. I mean, I, I think the defense still would have had issues where they would have been gassed, you know, gassed here or there. Well, so, I, want, you- I wanted to get George Wallace's take on this. Do you draft the quarterback? Do you move up to number one with the Chicago Bears? Uh, probably, maybe shopping that number one overall pick. Would you, if you're Washington, make that move to go get a quarterback? Short answer, no, not this year. But before <laughs> I answer that, the thing with the Browns game real fast, excuse yeah. me for coming back into this conversation. Yeah. You could, t- I don't necessarily think they win that game. It, 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 you don't know that. We could have. But it would have looked a lot different because body language on the guys Mm. going into that game, which it was down because of the Carson Wentz thing. But at the same time, you're professionals and you're fighting for your playoff lives. You shouldn't let that affect you because it's not like Taylor Heineke's Tom Brady. But he did at that point. You know, they they, players thought maybe they gave him a better chance to win. And you could tell body language wasn't great in that game. So do you guys think they bring back uh, pain? Do you think uh, what's what's our prediction with pain? Pain. You have to. Whether you, <laughs> you, you know, Rocky and, reference. And 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 the other thing about th- this today, so you guys got me all fired up. I drove all the way out there to listen to this thing. <laughs> Asked a question about pain. And the other thing about pain is 
just admit that you want the guy back. He says, well, you can't really say too much because, you know, the agents are going to say that you think you really want him and you really, really, really want Cam Curl. Well, you've done that before with Jonathan Allen and Terry McLaurin that you want him back. Right. That didn't affect anything. And that's the other thing. You can say you want him back. Nobody's saying, tell me that he's the best tackle in football. That's what's going to drive his price up. Saying he's a valuable piece of what we do, I don't see the problem in that. And the same thing with Cam Curl. We saw, we watched the games this year. Your yeah. defense couldn't stop a nosebleed when right. Cam Curl wasn't playing. Yeah, I don't so think we're, we're we not, we're, we're dumb. Yeah, I mean, just admit it. You you need Deron Payne. Somehow end. you get it done. And then he, he was asked about looking back to last year, not locking him up. And he's like, oh, you mean hindsight? Well, just say, yes, we could have, we should have done it. Yes, we should have, all made, you know, could have locked him up. And here's the thing, guys. And, and uh, all, I got to go. Uh, and, and here's the thing on the Deron Payne thing. You need Deron Payne more than Deron Payne needs you. Correct. Yeah. They assembled the hogs once upon a time, right? Your entire persona, the, the the personality of your team came from your offensive line. There is no reason why you can't establish that with this defensive line because the guys who are the most passionate, the guys who are the most dominant, the guys that you can build around all happen to reside on the defensive line. So if you end up, and they haven't spent money on linebackers. <laughs> you know, they're not spending money in the secondary for the most part. So why can't you allocate more funds and resources to that position if that's what's helping you win? So I think you do bring back pain. I you think do whatever's you, necessary, I whatever you, because, whatever you can. Because his 100%. personality, his makeup, and his level of play warrants that you that he's one of the guys that you build around if he's not part of your core then what even is your core you're especially you, when you have so many unanswered questions at quarterback you need that defense correct. to be good correct and right. they need to be lights out good so, uh, so they're gonna find a way to mess this up <laughs> yes of course they are they're gonna find a way to mess it up and then we're gonna be talking about a new coach here maybe sean mcfay in 2024 thought about that wait did i just do that did we I, could yeah, see that okay yeah. all right well that's another topic for another day. Dave Preston, did you want to close us out? Yeah, uh, audible at the line of scrimmage, uh, talking a little Maryland women's basketball. Uh, Maryland with a huge game this uh, Thursday against Indiana at Indiana. The Hoosiers are ranked sixth in the nation. Uh, Terrapins have been a scrappy bunch this year, uh, scraping their way up the standings. Indiana, though, is the best team defensively in the Big Ten. They have a kid by the name of uh, Mackenzie Holmes who's tough to control inside. That's going to be the big challenge for Maryland because uh, they don't have the size. They don't have the bigs to confront uh, you know the, the true trees of women's college basketball uh, major credit to what Brenda Fries has done this season uh, major litmus test Thursday evening in Bloomington alright I'm looking forward to that game and uh, looking forward to another edition of the DC Sports Huddle coming next week it's mm-hmm. sponsored as always by our friends at MGM National Harbor for the latest in Washington sports Visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork, signing off alongside George Wallace and Dave Preston. We are breaking the huddle.